Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. In this, our third year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to Be Human. I'm your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, poet and playwright. This is episode 193, Making a Living as a Writer in the 21st Century. I know, a hell of a title, huh? All right, well, I didn't put a question mark on it because it is definitely possible to do so, but it's an extremely difficult task and we'll outline all of that on this show it's going to have five different parts the first part we'll go right into now here is the new writing world well we're, we're in a completely different writing world we're, in fact we're in a different world than we were even like 60 or 70 years ago all right i'll give you an example of 60 years ago if you wanted to be a nurse i mean people will pretty much mock you behind your back think you're just a low-paid slave or something and just laugh off. Meanwhile, if you're a writer, you're somebody important and interesting and intellectual. Now, 60 years later, you say you you want to be a writer, or you're a writer. People laugh and don't care. And and nurses are one of the most highest paid fields out there. I'm serious. <laughs> they really are. I mean, and now men are driving in somewhere. It used to be almost a, a completely female dominated field. Now you got a lot of men in there too, because it's a job that any gender can do. And it's a job that pays extremely well. Medical field all around pays very well. Especially here in America. Writing? Well, that's a different case. Uh, yeah, you already told, uh, I've been told here, and you'll notice it when we do to the publishing section of this show. Um, the whole writing world has been turned upside down on publishing because they got bought up by all kinds of different conglomerates has run the business into the ground because it's only about business. It's no longer about writing or literary arts anymore. I'm sure that you might meet people here and there. They say otherwise. Don't believe them. They're, they're living a, a fantasy from the 1950s. Okay? It's not happening anymore. Where it used to be a, a closed and closeted place, and now it's open, of course, but you don't have as many opportunities. So lots of people are going... The routes of a university press, which of course is difficult and competitive, or they might go with some mid-list press possibly, or some of them will create their own press and just do a self-published thing, whether print electronic books, and we'll talk a little bit about that and, and how that is a, a viable path, but it's, it's no less easier than, than trying to go through an agent and go through a big publishing house. But everything is completely different now because now... Because the business world had entered the, the publishing world so much, a book is no longer just a book. It's a product. A writer is not just a writer anymore. They're a creator. You say so. When you go to a publishing house, well, actually, sometimes even before that, even just by talking to an agent, they're going to be asking you things that you never thought you'd be asked. Things like, do you have a website? What are your uh, social media contacts? Do you have a lot of followers? 
Uh, are you willing to go on the interviews? Do you have your own show? Um, how do you market things on a general basis? You, you already have to have a general marketing plan because they're going to ask you for that. Either the agent is going to ask you for that, or if you were able to go to a publisher that doesn't need an agent, they're going to ask you for that. And believe it or not, no matter how book you, how good your book is, if you don't have a, a solid plan, you don't have something that convinced them that you're taking it seriously, your book's probably never even going to be read. So you won't have to worry about they like me or they don't like me. They didn't read you. Because right now, it's not about like or dislike. It's about are you being read or are you not being read by those people in charge. And I can tell you right now, it really doesn't matter how good your book is. Because if you're showing them that you don't have a plan in motion, you don't have some real social contacts, you don't have, you don't even have an author's website, they're like, how are you supposed to uh, help us market this thing? Because they don't do that anymore, folks. That's, that's seldom done. Unless you're a celebrity or some special cause that happened, you're not going to get anything like that. You have to do that yourself. So being a writer these days, is a lot more complicated than it used to be because now you have to be a writer and in many instances you have to be your own editor if you if you fall for these editor for hire people you're going to get your money robbed and you're going to even be more behind and more depressed about it because most of them do a, a poor job they run into a spell checker and a grammarly program and send it back to you and they took a thousand dollars out of you hmm? Now, I, I hear on Facebook, because they get, they get mad when I say this, because, you know, they don't want to lose money. They don't care about you. They just don't care about their money. That's all they care about. I give them the same challenge I've given them the last five years. Give me four references that are real, that tells me something that you've done. Let me see a couple books out there in the market that you help get edited and help get published. Let me see that, and then we'll talk about how legitimate you are, at least. Guess what? I did a survey last year. I mean, I had like 30 people I asked this for. I only got six out of the 30 that could even answer the question. And most of the times, they couldn't even give me four references. And usually the references they give me, you could just tell that this phony boilerplate language stuff that some friend was answering a meme, mail, uh, a meme email about. That was it. Nothing real. So they're going to lie about something like that. There's no way their work's going to be of any quality. So you don't want to, you want to go that. Go to beta router, beta readers on the internet. You can find these people. They'll read stuff and, and they'll find a whole bunch of things to help you. You can agree to do that with somebody else one day. Same thing with family and friends. What do you see? Do you see anything here that can change? Anything you can see a spell check wise or whatever? Go do that, okay? Definitely give them that, alright? But what's important is this. Even when you contact other writers, you can trade favors. You can trade favors and say, hey, why don't you edit this for me, and then when you have a project coming up, I'll do the same. Doing something like that will save you a lot of heartache, a lot of money. It just makes no sense to get robbed when you're trying to do something important, okay? All right. Now, next thing. Get your own website. Right, you want to make a living in the writing as a writer in the 21st century, and you don't even have a website to help market your work. You can, because it, it becomes like a portfolio. All right, it's no different than an artist that has to show somebody that. Now they have digital portfolios as well, but you know, some you have some traditional artists that literally making a visit, you know, to a place um, that might want to hire them as a graphic artist. They're showing them a whole portfolio. This is my work I did. This is what I've done. Blah blah blah. No different. That's really what an author's website is. They're not expensive to get made. 
They're pretty easy to maintain. And I am astonished. I don't care if you want to be a novelist or a poet or whatever. I'm astonished on how few writers that I talk to on a regular basis don't even have the website. I don't know what you folks are thinking about. I mean, where do you think you're going to be going? But Mark, I'm spending so much time on my novel and it's, it's ready to go. Really? Maybe your novel's ready to go, but this is the problem here. You're not ready to go. Okay? Because when the agent sees that and they don't see you have any plan, you don't even have an author's website, then they're not, going to, they're not even going to bother reading it. They're just going to say, have a good day. And the same thing with the publisher. Because, folks, you can't do this stuff after some, some publisher accepts your book. All right, Mark, I'll do it then, you know, when, when I know they got a, my book's going to be published. Really? So you're going to help market your book with your new website you just built two weeks ago, and maybe you have like 50 people that checked it out. This is not what they want to hear. They want to see something you've had going for a while that had some hits on it, had some useful information on it. They can tell some traffic is coming through it. It's just like the social media. That takes a while to build up, so you need to be starting on this now, not later. I, I know it seems harsh. I know it might even seem unfair, but again, publishing has become a business. If you're not ready to be prepared for that business, they are not going to invest in you. I'm not defending them because I don't like a lot of this myself. But I understand from the business standpoint, and they make the, the valid point, we're spending fifty to 75000 to help launch your book, and you can't even bother to, to get a $500 a website built. You can't bother to do a couple of free social media you know, pages. They have a point. How hard it is to sign up for Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. If you don't know anything about uh, getting a website together or any of that stuff, there are plenty of people that can do it inexpensively and even basically show you how to maintain it. So again, we're not talking about stuff that's complicated here. But this is really well actually uh, it'll it'll actually entrap you because without this you're not you're not you're not becoming the writer you should be coming. You're not showing them your best foot. You're not showing them that you're serious. And there's no way you're going to be able to make any kind of living as a writer in the 21st century without those tools. All right? Okay, next. One of the things that we have to realize is Oftentimes, if you're really looking to make a living as a writer, and I'm not sure if you're looking to make a full living, you know, where all your stuff is being paid from writing or just a partial living and you have a job, either one. But, but let's say let's say you do want to make a full living, okay? There's no way you can live off the proceeds of anybody's book, no matter how good it's going to be. It, it would have to be a, a huge seller just to be able to have enough money to live for a while. So barring that... Because that's actually less common and, and less a, a, of a, of an occurrence for you. I mean, you might get the novels published and it might be decently. But again, it could take a year or two before you see any real money. What are you supposed to live on then? Unless you live in with your relatives or your parents. Again, that's not exactly uh, living as a writer. That's living as a boarder. <laughs> that's about it. So... What you're able to do and what you're going to have to do, and, and this is where it becomes very difficult, is you have to write about things that sell, that you might not really care about doing. I know plenty of writers. I know one writer that I actually want to uh, contribute an article to this. He goes, I, I can't. I, I got too much other writing I have to get paid for. You know, and they're doing these uh, top ten lists of things. We get $100 each for those, and people make money that way. 
Many people make, uh, you know, feature specials on, on, on various magazines. Uh, it's mostly uh, electronical, you know, mechanical, parenting, things that people really want to read about on, on the common person out there who are not literary. And you can make anywhere between 250 and, and $500 on a lot of these things. That sounds all wonderful, but you would have to sell at least four or five of those a month. And that's after you probably wrote, wrote about ten of them. And, and at least get like half of that picked up just for you to have some kind of income. And even that kind of income, you're probably looking at about um, making, you know, maybe um, maybe $25,000 a year. Not a whole lot of money. I mean, literally the person that just gave you that cheeseburger at McDonald's probably making more money than you right now. Even after you sell five, seven, five features a month for 12 months in a row. If you can even sustain it that well. That's how difficult it is. So I don't say it's impossible to make a living as a writer in, in the 21st century, but it, it's extremely difficult. That's why many of the people have other jobs. Some of them are, are English or, or writing instructors. Uh, many people do other, other, other tasks and then only just get some money here and there from it. But if you do want to do it 100%, that's really what it takes. And that's really the math there. And as you can see, that's, that's extremely difficult. Where... Even if you're on a roll on doing that, you're even going to have time to do the writing that you want to do. And there's no guarantee that all that writing, even in a year's worth of time, and all those credits are going to be worth a hill of beans if you're trying to sell a sci-fi novel or a romance novel or you know, a novel about a family or coming of age or something like that. They're like, oh, okay, I, I see you did something here for digital audio and you did something over here for American history and you did something over here for, you know, people and blah, blah, blah. But that's just writing to make a living. It doesn't really have that much of a bearing on the book you're trying to get sold out there. It just shows you got some writing. Now, credits are credits and they're still important. And it still be something you would want to advertise on the website that you should already have when we're talking about this, okay? So at least it shows that you're out there doing something, especially since you're doing something you're getting paid for. So I'm not making light of it. I'm just saying that even if you invest a whole year doing this, it doesn't mean that it means anything in the end. It might have no translation whatsoever. That's the sad part of it. It might just simply be for money. And remember, folks, this is not like having a regular job where they take out their taxes and all the other kind of stuff. You're going to do that at, you know, at the end of the year. So whatever money you made, you're making even less because you're going to have to pay the, the, the IRS for that. They're not taking anything out. And, of course, you're not getting any health care or anything like that, too. So just on that minimal over there, that's, that's not an easy thing. It really isn't. So unless you get a really big novel over there that's going to sell well enough, you got a lot of hard trekking to do. It's not like it was 50, 60 years ago where you can actually make a living doing features and doing things along this time. Even being on the staff of a magazine, most of those magazines don't even exist anymore. Most of them have closed down already because of the digital onslaught out there. It's taken a lot of people, uh, the readers and a lot of people. You see newspapers starting to leave too. Journalism used to be one of the legitimate avenues that a person can do, and then later on they could write their novel or whatever. In fact, that's usually what a lot of journalists were doing. They were like butter novelists, and they just journalists as a way to make a decent living. But those are starting to dwindle away, too, as newspapers continue to close. People don't even trust journalism anymore. It's hard to when it looks like they're not really giving you the full picture, just whatever part of the picture they're told to do. 
I don't even know if that's supposed to be journalism anymore. Now, in a literary sense, yeah, you should have a point of view. And you should. It'll have to show everything in the world. It's literary. But journalism is supposed to be about informing people about what's going on. It's supposed to be about the facts. It's supposed to be about the truth. And a lot of that doesn't really exist anymore. So it's no longer really a legitimate avenue to go to. I know they still teach journalism in college, but quite frankly, if someone asks me um, what are the chances of being a journalist, I'd, I'd say you probably have a better chance of being a, a novelist and selling a novel than being a journalist. It, it, it'll soon fade to where the only journalists we're going to see are, are the few that are going to be left on TV. And that would be about it. Because I don't even give journalism uh, 10 years, uh, and these newspapers 10 years, before they'll all be gone. They'll all be digitalized. People just don't don't read them anymore. They don't advertise them anymore. So there's no there's no real ever revenue in, income coming out of it anymore. So as you see, they continue to close and continue to lay off people. That's that's really the fate and, and the future of that particular thing. All right, next here, writers need a strong work ethic and strength to sacrifice. I know it's a hell of a long title for a section here, but that's the truth. All right. Writing is not like other jobs at all. And by the way, unfortunately, it is a job. So you might want to kind of get that into your heart and soul right now. It's a job. It's a lot of work. It's a lot you got to deal with. There's a lot of psychological pressure on trying to get something out there. The pressure of your family and friends not believing in you and not even caring because you're going to get a lot of that. Okay. And of course, how to build your life around that. Writing is not like working at McDonald's. And in fact, it's not even uh, like working as an architect from 9 to 5 or a banker or anything like that. Where when that job is done, you're going home. You're not bringing anything with you. It's not the same thing as a writer. It's always with you. It's with your notes in your pocket. It's the notes that are on your phone, whatever you might dictate to yourself. It's the memories and the dreams and all the other stuff that you carry around all the time on a regular basis. You could literally have something come out as a bolt of blue when you're in the middle of something, and boom. You need to write, jot some notes down. You need to start getting something together. It doesn't stop and stop as your whim because it's all about inspiration. It's all about muses. It's all about making your own internal connection. And you can't do all that trying to be some mechanical person about you know, I'm only going to write from this hour to that hour. Yeah. That's not going to work for you. So, just like you can set aside time, and I still promote this to help edit it, to help try to get some writing done, to help try and translate from your notes. That's all important. But it's not a guarantee that you're going to be able to get a lot of writing done. Sometimes all you're doing is organizing things or editing things. Translate notes to something that might be useful in the future. But it doesn't mean you're always getting the kind of critical writing you want to get done. So it's important to organize your life around writing, not writing around your life. This is what I mean about you need to have a strong worth ethic because you, you do. You have to. You need to have a, a good place or two or three that you want to write in that you're not going to be bothered at. You know, you want to have the rituals down of what you feel comfortable about when you when you write. Whether it's a pad in the pen and get some notes and then you go onto the word processor, whether it's a word processor, and then you just like print it out and save it for later into your notebook and then go about doing something else. All of that. That's your rituals. Those are the things you need to already have. The more comfortable you can become 
in your own skin and your own mind, okay, with the things you put yourself around you, whether you're in a room with incense or you're in a room with posters of, of Kiss or you're in a room with nothing but a, a, a friggin' uh, table and a chair, whatever it is, it's got to set your mood to be able to do this because you're going to be doing this on a regular basis if this is what you're interested in. One of the problems I have with writers these days is they they think they're going to be uh, writing a Harry Potter tomorrow or something. They're all going to be rich and everybody's going to be uh, wanting that autograph. Most people have these Hollywood dreams that have nothing to do with reality. <laughs> writing is very hard. It's not a, a glamorous life. It's not always exciting. You're going you're gonna to date people. You're going to love people. You're going to have people in your family, whether you love them or not, they're in your family, that don't understand a damn word you're saying and don't even want to talk to you half the times. I don't even know what this guy's even saying. That's going to be your life. And guess what? You can get mad at those people all you want. And hey, I, I still do, okay? But in the end, that's the course you set. And the course you set, if you're looking to stick with it, that's going to be the sacrifice. You need to have strength for that sacrifice because it's what's going to happen. You're going to lose friends. You're going to have family members that are going to find you weird and distant. You know, they don't want to invite you to some place. Hey, I didn't know you had enough money to go out, man. You were a writer and shit, you know? This is the kind of crap I've heard in the past. You know? You just want to throw them right in front of a moving car. It's like, really? Thanks for speaking for my future there. And after that, there's a couple of curses that come out, okay? I just can't say it on the show. But I think you get the gist. That's the kind of uh, whole poor behavior you're going to get from people. Because uh, the society has looked down on anything that's intellectual. And unless you're doing writing for a, a big a big magazine, like I said, there's not too many of those left. Or a newspaper, not many of them left either. No one's going to have any understanding about what you're doing. You know, and quite frankly, if you're doing any TV writing, you know, you're looking at a much harsher life with a lot of money at a little bit of time, and you won't even have any time to be talking to anybody. They do like 18-hour shifts for like six days in a row. That's how rough that stuff is. That's why they're willing to pay you 25000 a week, because you, you have zero life, <laughs> you know, for maybe six months. And you got to live on that money, because you don't know if you're ever going to get another writing job writing TV again. But that's a, another 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 time. Although we, we covered some of that in one of my shows, in my previous shows, all right? So strong work ethic, extremely important. You gotta keep making contacts with people as much as you possibly can. Understand what's going on out there and what you're trying to do. If you're just looking to do a novel or a series of novels or whatever, well, it's important to know. That you already have the marketing edge. That you already put together the social networks. That you already got that damn um, author's uh, website going. Maybe even with some distillation of art that you've had somebody create for you to give you an idea of the themes of the kind of books you're trying to do. You know? Or even the name of the book or, uh, that you're trying to do. You know, I'm in the middle of doing this right now. I'm just making a note on it. Sometimes people, they, they, put, they put up blurbs. Or maybe send me chapters of a book or something that they're doing just to kind of keep people interested. That's another way of doing things. That's the sort of stuff that will help sell you to an agent. There's no guarantee, though, even with all that, that this is going to work out. Don't get me wrong. But I can tell you one thing. 
without that, no agent is going to want to talk to you. They'll, and you can't even send them a manuscript. So it's not like you're like, well, Mark, you know, maybe they'll just be in a good mood and read my stuff. And no, doesn't work that way. That's fantasy. I'm I'm reality here. That's fantasy. Okay. Most of the times, okay, agents won't even talk to you. All right. Until you send them a query letter, maybe with a small sample of your work, that's it. You don't get to send the whole damn manuscript. And when they start asking you about what your marketing plan is, and you don't have one, that's how that ends. Boop, you're done. So that's why it's really critical to have one before you be even begin talking to any of these people. And of course, you can't really talk to any of them until you already have the book done. But get all that stuff created as you're writing the book. This way you can keep maintaining it, keeping it fresh. At least once a week, you'll keep it fresh and then you'll have something. That's the kind of work ethic you need because guess what? You're not just a writer anymore, remember? You have to be an editor, you got to be a promoter, you got to be a marketer, you got to be a freaking psychologist and therapist all at the same time. That's what's necessary these days to be a writer. And that's what you're looking to do. If you're looking this to be a literary person, you want to do a literary book here and there, do some short fiction, maybe a collection of that or poetry and all, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And you can get that stuff published and you can get some of those projects published as books. But there is no way you're making any kind of living with that whatsoever. That's not going to happen. You won't even make enough money for a month, let alone a year. It's just not. So that's not really a way to make a living is to do anything literary. Period. I'm sorry. I'm a literary writer. I don't write all that commercial crap. So to me, I don't worry about it. Because the money is not a goal to me. Just the writing is important. So I'm not worried about making a living. I know it can be done. But I can tell you story after story of people that, you know, they had a lot of lot of difficulties. Even when they were successful. And I'll give you a couple of them now so you kind of get an idea. I've recounted a few of these in the past and some of the other shows some time back. But we're in our third year now and we have new listeners and, you know, I can't exactly remember what exactly uh, the episode I did, uh, the story in. So, sorry. <laughs> you know, unless you listen to them all, you know, it's going to take a while for you to figure out which one it is. All right. I'll, I'll tell you a couple of those. First one, a friend of mine, um, he successfully sold the spy novel trilogy to a publisher. Okay. He had the first book done already. All right. He had the website. He had all the marketing stuff he needed. All right. And he had to still write the other two. But he was, he was, they successfully sold it. They gave him a quarter of a million dollars. Sounds all wonderful until you realize that a lot of the marketing that you have to do and a lot of the places you have to be that they set up, you have to spend your money on to get there. It wasn't spending money on your hotel and your plane. But you got to go all around these places to all the things they set up with. By so the time he got all done through all that stuff, I mean, he's lucky he had $90,000 left. And almost a, a, a marriage that, that crumbled. Because he spent almost like nine months, one way or the other, on the road having to promote this book. They made plenty of money at the publisher. Because you're only getting 10% royalties if you get them at all. When it's all said and done, it took him another, I think almost three years to finish the other two books of his contract. And even with the royalties and everything like that, I think he told me that he didn't even... After everything he spent, he probably basically barely made like, I uh, averaged about maybe 40000 a year, you'd say. So he probably made like $120,000 for the whole thing. For the whole three years, I've been given a, a quarter of a million dollars. And, and, and of course, they making about 2 to $3 million off his books. So publishers did wonderful. 
agent didn't great. They got 10% of that that quarter million dollars. So they got 25000 just for directing them over to a publisher. Everybody's doing great. He's working his butt off and he almost ruining his life. That was one of his situations. And that's one of the writer's uh, stories that I tell a lot because it's, it's a real cautionary tale about what you sign and what you're going to have to do. So it's not really about getting that novel signed and you think you're all done. No, you're only beginning. It's no done yet. You have a lot of marketing stuff that they're expecting you to do. And your book doesn't sell well enough. Well, that's that. Because I'll give you an example. And this is a good one here from another one I had recently. Okay. I had a friend I talked to. And she was telling me that she had a three-book deal uh, for romance novels. Okay. They gave her a, a modest um, a modest um, a fee up front. A modest uh amount of money up front she didn't tell me what it was and that's fine I don't, I don't pry beyond that okay a lot of times they don't give anything by the way so it's still unusual to get real money but if something super commercial like my friend with a spy novel or a her with something that's romance uh, this this sort of fashion you're going to get some money okay well six months into it she did her marketing she did all that stuff it sold well. In fact, if she was an academic publisher uh, that she had, or if she had a mid-list publisher, they would have been happy with these numbers. But the publisher wasn't. And it's in the contract, regardless of a two-book deal, they don't have to honor the other book. If they don't feel the first one is sold well enough. Because quite frankly, if the first one doesn't sell well enough, just from a business standpoint, why would they think the second one's going to be any, any, any more interesting? Any more of an audience? So... You know that they got that got rid of that. She didn't have to give the money back. She made some royalties on it, but and she got the book title at least out there. Something that's important for her credit as a, in her resume, so she can seek some other publishers. But she she figured she needed to go down to somebody else smaller because uh, that's just too much. All right, that's that's another story right there. And the last uh, of, of my stories on something like this is a very good friend of mine. Okay, wrote a novel. It took them six years, okay? Six years from writing it to finally getting accepted. And she gets this novel accepted. It does well, okay? And then they're asking her about the whole thing all over again. And she just did the hell with it. And she hasn't gone... And that was two years ago. She hasn't wrote anything real much since. I, I stay in contact with her. It's not my job to encourage people to go write. If they don't want to write, they don't want to write, especially under those circumstances. So I'm not going to be hitting it with emails. Hey, when are you going to do that next novel? Because at that point, it's a cruel thing, not, not nothing that's wonderful. But six years, that takes a lot out of you. She had did everything under the sun to finally get that novel done. I'm telling you. Everything other than going to bed with somebody or paying somebody off, uh, she did. Everything but those things. Okay? The uh, website, all the social things. She went as far as going to the conferences and the conferences they had, pay money to go there, try to network stuff, your business card with you know, what she's doing, all of that. Until she finally met somebody and finally got something done. But that's how long it took for her. It's, it's incredible. And the book actually did well. It was well enough that they wanted her to do another book. She's like, I, I can't do another book at all under the terms that we had last time i can't do it all that nonsense we're going to take the book you can reduce whatever upfront money you might want to give me and we'll leave it at that but they wouldn't do that 
So they wanted her to do all this travel, all this crazy nonsense, all this other stuff, and she's just not not willing to do that. Those are the things that comes with it today, folks. So being a writer is an extremely difficult thing. It changes your life and all the things that are about your life. In some cases, it threatens the elements of your life. <laughs> like my poor friend, his wife almost left, walked out on him. He was like, Mark, I, I don't know when I get done with promoting the book in the Chicago radio station if my wife's going to pick up the phone. I don't know if I get home and, and her and my daughter are gone. Who the hell wants to live like that? But those are the, some of the things that you have to be uh, very careful about. It takes a strong work ethic, yeah. But it also takes a real structure in your life about what you want to do. And I tell you, it definitely plays havoc on, on relationships, whether you're married or not. Not easy to find people who are trying to understand all the work you're trying to do and what it's going to take even after that. It's not like you put the book in the mail, although that's probably an old-fashioned thing now. It's more like in the email <laughs> as an attachment or something. Uh, and it's all over with because it's not. It's just the beginning of the journey. All the other stuff was like the, you know, the, the, the preamble to it all. All of that. And it's amazing to think about that. All the writing and the editing and the worrying and all the stuff you have to do to uh, set yourself up on the social scene and the, and the author's site and all of that. That's not even the beginning. That's just actually just the, the pre-introduction to, to, to writing these days. That's how really difficult it is. All right, now let us go on to the next one over here, which is publishing. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, publishing is not the same world it is that it used to be, okay? But that's actually a bad thing at all. It's really not because, believe it or not, the publishing of even 70, 80 years ago wasn't anything wonderful. The people they mostly published was the people that had all the Ivy League connections. Most of the, it's not a surprise. In case you, I don't know if any of you guys have noticed this or not. You might want to check this out, okay? Look at some of the top writers that we know about through college and through, through high school that we read about. Look at them all. Every one of them come from well-established, wealthy families. There's not too many poor people that came from, you know, I was in the tenement and I'm typing this damn thing up and I finally got somebody that, that and I got the great novel out. No. None of them were. They were all wealthy people, all connected people. People like Hemingway and, 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 and Steinbeck and other, these are people that literally had people, had four and five editors on their manuscripts to, to beef it up, to help rewrite parts of it, to proofread it, to do this, to do that. We don't even know where the hell they started and where the hell the 20 editors that the publishers employed for them stopped. We don't even know. Hemingway laughed about it all the time. I sent a damn story and I go to drink. That was him. He never went. They never. They never went back to Hemway and said, "Hey, you need to go back to this um, this section." They had like a team of people to handle that. We don't have that kind of world anymore. Nobody does any of that kind of stuff. Hell, they, they expect that your, your manuscript is ready to go when you send it in. Period. There's no check this line out. Look at this. That, that, that don't exist anymore. There's like thirty, forty thousand manuscripts launched at some of these publishers these days. Literally. There's no time for them to say, I think this is great, but we'll fix this. They just say, they'll fix your wagon. Hey, I'll send it back. Have a good day. Now you know, you won't even know why. That's the world we have now. But it's also a world that's fully democratic, meaning that you're free to contact whoever you want. Follow whatever rule you want. Don't follow every rule or not. Whatever your consequences. In many instances, people go through the self-publishing way where they'll get an electronic book out or their own book out. 
I have a number of writer friends that that's what they literally do. They'll go to Amazon or go to other places to get a, a professionally a book made buy a bunch of copies out of their own money, and then they'll go around to the various uh, festivals and uh, carnivals and uh, bars. Uh, the bar uh, book selling is really big these days. Uh, poetry readings, all kinds of different places, and sell those books individually until they make their money back and more. You do enough of that sort of stuff, if you're willing to commit to that, you're actually going to make some money. You, will, you really will. But nevertheless, even to this day, it's not easy to create your own book you still got to hire people to help set it. you still got to hire people to help um, at least uh, proofread it if you don't have your own way of doing that. you know. And if you, especially if you can find somebody honest. I still don't recommend it, but there are a few honest ones out there. I, I have no problem saying that. But it's still an expense if you think about it. That's still an expense of, of getting all that done. And then you got to put maybe, maybe putting $1,000 of your own money in. And even with that, that I just said right there, you know, the industry they created to do something like this still hasn't figured out a way to keep these books under $8 a, a unit. Even if you're buying $1,000 worth of this stuff. So if you think about it, you got to go sell your book right now for maybe, and that's if you want a really modest profit, maybe $12. Most of the people sell it for 16 to 20 It's a lot of money, though, just for a small book. We haven't even talked about cover art yet. Because if you can't figure out how to create that yourself, you're going to have to go pay somebody two, three hundred dollars to go do that. So before you even got out there, you know, by doing it your own self-published way, you probably spent about five, six hundred dollars on art, maybe proofreading and, and setting the book and, you know, and then the interiors and everything like that. And then maybe another thousand to buy enough units. So you, you just spent fifteen hundred dollars right there. And it's not hard to do the math. I mean, if you do the math here, it's really simple. I'll give you this uh, a real, real basic uh, way of looking at that. Okay, one thousand dollars divided by eight dollars. Okay, so right there, you have one hundred and twenty-five copies. All right, how many? How much you got to price this thing for? Okay, so one twenty-five times. Let's say we just go with sixteen dollars. Okay, all right. So. You now have to sell 125 of the copies you just bought for $16 a unit. That gives you $2,000. There's a good chance that, and I'm saying this modestly, that you spent maybe $500 to get the book prepared and then 1000 to buy it. So you're out $1,500 and you did all this work to get $500. Now I'm telling you, when I say all this work, I don't mean all this work that maybe it took you a week or two to sell all of that and now you got your $500. Because... If that's how you can do it, and if it could work that way for you, maybe that's not too bad. In a couple of weeks, sure, but it could take you months to get this book sold, to even get your money back and more. And even when you do it and you get it all done, you only made $500. So, and that's only 125 copies, folks. That's all that is. It's a, it's a, a real drop in the bucket. But that's what people do. It makes them legitimate. They're a real author. It's a real book. Um, many times it's pretty damn good. It's not It's not vanity publishing. That's a, something we'll talk about next over here. It's real publishing. It's really the only honorable way to go if you can't find anybody else to do anything for you in, in a publishing le level. And you don't want to go to the next thing, which is the hybrid vanity thing. Just something about as criminal as it can get.
but it's so-called legal because they'll tell you, yeah, if you sign this contract, we want $5,000. We'll give you like 300 books and we'll, we'll edit and do all this stuff. They don't really market for you or anything like that. They claim they do, but they don't. Maybe they might put an ad in a paper somewhere, but you'll be paying for that too, okay? An exorbitant amount of money. If you're willing to spend $5,000 for vanity, Jesus, then you might as well just spend $5,000 on getting that damn book put together and get a couple of good cases of them. At least you can make some real money. I mean, if you think about it, let's say you spend $5,000 on yourself. Okay? So let's do the math on that. Let's say you spend $5,000 buying this book. How many are you going to get? Let's see. Divide it by... We're going to divide it by $8, okay? Alright, so now you'll get 625 books. That's what you get for $5,000. Alright, if you sold it at $16, guess what? If you did, if you spent $5,000 into a book that way, you would get 10000 back. So literally, you would make 5000 Now we're talking. The bigger money you put in, the bigger your return is. All right, you spend like $500 to create the book. So you're getting back $4,500, let us say, instead. Fine. Still, that's decent money. If you can get that many books sold, that's great. You can put a couple on your um, your website. People can order them that way. You know, a book, at book rate, is going to cost maybe 2 or $3 to put it in the mail. Ask them to pay for that as well. So it's $16 plus $3 shipping and handling. Okay, whatever. Do that. It's not bad. It's no different than Amazon on, on them sending a book out. It's pretty much the same thing that way. And of course, you can still do that, that handily touch by going out to different places. But that's what you'd rather do than messing with any kind of vanity hybrid. They call themselves all kinds of different names, folks. They're all, they're all corrupt. They're all crooked. The only reason they're not illegal is because they spell out the terms for you. And people just, I don't know, I, I can't, I, I hate to call writers dumb, but if you're spending money on something like this, I don't know what else to call you, other than just a victim, because you're definitely a victim. Whether it's a victim of naivety, a victim of being, uh, you know, impatient, or a victim of just being dumb, you're definitely a victim. And, and, and you should not put one dollar out for anything, period. When it comes to a publisher, if they're accepting you, there's nothing for you to pay at all. I mean nothing. They ask for anything, run. Run. Don't look back. At least with self-publishing, you know where the money's going, you know what you're getting, and you will get it. It's honest, it's legit, and you can get your money back. That stuff, you'll never get anything back. You'll never be able to sell their books for the rate they're charging you. It'd be like $25 a book you'd have to sell forever just to get your money back from them. That's just to break even. At least with the self-publishing, if you're going to go that route, you have a chance. You have no chance with these people. And they call themselves all kinds of different names. Uh, cooperatives. Hybrids. They don't call themselves vanity anymore because they know that name is, 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 is trash. But I call them that because that's exactly what they are. And that's what they used to be called. Because you're vanity. That's what they call it that. It's for the impatient person. And I'll tell you right now, I don't want to sound mean, but the truth of the matter is if you go to someone like this, you're going to get what you deserve you're not going to be considered a writer. Hell, at my own publication, I have a literary journal called Aerial Chart. We actually, we actually tell people we're not going to do a review of your book if it comes from one of those places. I'm not promoting these people no matter what. I don't care how good it is, how nice a person is. I will not do anything. I don't even allow it on a person's bio. I'm like, if you got one of those vanity things in your bio, take it off because it won't be allowed on my magazine. I'm not promoting anything for them. 
You can take your bile to somebody else when they pump with you, but the bile you're going to give me is not going to include that because I'm not giving them any advertising. All right, so if you don't want to uh, get published there, and you, that's fine. Then you can go with somebody else. That's how serious I am about those people because you can't get any greater crooks. I mean, I get 25, 30 stories a month from people who get robbed, even after all the years I've been doing on um, preaching this. Probably the third show I've talked about this subject. I have an entire show just on the subject, by the way, called Vanity Insanity, because that's what it is. And folks are out there still doing it. I still read people on Facebook. It's like a bad Twilight Zone episode. I'm like, didn't I see the same bullcrap language just two years ago from somebody? Same nonsense. And then you got the same people in these writing groups. They're aping them on because they're the ones that are making money from this. So it, it, this, it, this is what you have to do, okay? If you don't believe me. Because these writing groups, and some of them are even run by people who are getting a cut of this action. Just ask a question. Anybody uh, here uh, you know, can do writing for pay? You get like 10 people want to instant message you, okay? Ask them all for references, and then you'll see them run away like roaches when you turn the light on. Ask about publishers. You'll get a whole bunch of them, too. And you get all these people defending how great it is. Garbage. Stay away from that stuff. If you want to be a real writer, it's a hard task. There is no easy way. Writing is a lot like it's a lot like the dieting industry. Why do you think they make so much money? Because there's a lot of people that are overweight, and there's a lot of people that are overweight because of their poor habits, and because they don't want to they don't want to stay active. They think there's a magic pill for this. Well, there isn't. Because if there ever was one, whoever made it would be the richest person on the earth. Beyond the, the, the digital barons and the oil barons, whoever made the weight loss pill that really worked, they'd be the richest person that ever lived on the planet. Okay? Because there is no shortcut, folks. Guess what? You want to now lose weight? I give you the free advice right now. It's real easy, okay? Alright? Control what you eat. Don't eat a bunch of garbage. And exercise every day. That's it. I don't want to hear big bones. I don't want to hear excuses. That's what that's what we have as writers. We got all these excuses about the things we're going to do, but it only cost me five hundred dollars for them to proofread it. Really, me and three people could have proofread that thing for free for you. And then when you when you when I have something, I'd send something to you for free. We're going to get somebody five hundred dollars. So writing is all like that diet loss these days. The answers are not that difficult. It's just it's work. It takes time. People don't want to have patience. And they want to. They want to let other pressures of, of life get to them. But I don't know what my parents are going to say if I can't get anything done. Well, tell your parents you love doing this, and it takes time. All right? If they don't like that answer. Well, go get some job that'll make them happy, and then write on the side, like lots of us do. Or just quit writing then, if you don't like the pressure, because those are really your options. There is no quick loss to it. I had one lady, she wanted to commit suicide. So instead of just counseling her, I had to literally try to get somebody to talk to her about so she don't commit herself. Because she wound up taking the life savings, putting into this phony vanity stuff, not even telling her husband. Suddenly that money's gone. You know, she's got a small box of books and these people are uh, giving her a hard time by trying to buy more. Because they never let you go. They got that hook in you and that's that. So stay away from that junk. Yes, it's possible to get published in a legitimate place. There is. But 
The only thing you're going to get published is the things that they're already publishing. They're a business. They're not interested in anything that new. They want to be able to know if... That's one of the marketing questions they ask you. Not just all the stuff you know about connecting out there and all the things on your author website. They also want to know, do you have any books that you know about that kind of like similar to yours that, that sell well? So now you're literally telling them, yeah, my book's similar to this, this, and this. It's ridiculous. It's almost an insult that they even ask this. But it's business. So they're going to have to ask that. Believe it or not, you got to have an answer for that. Yeah, my book's a lot like this other book. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But that's what they're going to ask you. You're going to have to give them an answer. It's incredible. But yeah, you can get something done, but you have to look about whatever's been published out there already. And that's what you want to do. Something, Some other alien thing that's similar to that, or some other horror thing similar to that, or some other romance thing. There's only a few categories out there that's doing any kind of real sales at all. Those are the things you can be stuck doing. I hope those are something you love because if you don't, well, that makes it a, 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 a triple doubly uh, difficult task. That's why I gave up that idea a long time ago about making a living because I want to write the things that I want to write about and that I love. That's the only reason why I would want to write is because it's something I care about. Otherwise, I can't see the point getting $500 from writing, uh, you know, how to build your outdoor patio deck. I would shoot myself in the head first before I do any of that. This is ridiculous. I know people that do that, and I'm making fun of them. It's just not something I can do. You know, I don't. I don't even know what that's called. They call it writing, but I'm not sure what it's called. But if that's the kind of writer you want to be, then I guess you could be that writer. But I'm not really sure of the point. Next, marketing, and marketing goes really hand in hand in what we we're talking about already about. Understanding having a website out there already, understanding getting involved in social media. But marketing can go further because you got folks that have business cards they mail out to people. You got a lot of folks that go to, that make it a, a business to go to these different conferences. Some of these conferences will have publishers there. Others will have various agents that you might be able to meet. And now, guess what? When you're marketing and you're marketing in person that way, it's no longer some email, it's no longer something in the mail. You have to literally be there. Well-dressed, well-spoken for, confident in your work. It's not about humming and I'm not sure about this and I don't know about that. Who the hell wants to spend any money on you? Who wants to put anything? Remember, they are investments. Everything they put out, the money you put out, it's an investment. That's how they view it. Okay, They don't view it as a book. They don't view it as, this is Jim's horror novel he's been working for two years and three months on. None of that occurs to them. They can care less. They don't care if it took you ten years to write it or ten minutes. Is it similar to this, that, and whatever? Hmm? Does they have this or they have that? Can you get this marked out? You and you have to do all of that when you're talking to somebody. You might meet three or four agents in these things. You're lucky you're going to have 30 seconds to impress them. I mean, it's really that simple. It's almost like speed dating. Hi, Audrey. I'm Mark. Yeah, I have a horror novel about uh, purple aliens that have large blue penises. They shoot laser beams out and try to take galaxies over. It's similar to that other purple uh, alien uh, book that, that came out a couple of years ago. But mine's a lot more graphic and mine's actually longer. It has more of a detailed story about where these aliens came from. Here, you can reach me at this card. Thank you for your time. Next. Hey, Jim, what's going on there? I'm Mark here, and I got this purple alien penis book I want to tell you about. That's pretty much what you're doing. I'm having a little entertainment and fun with it because I can't really talk about anything normal in this sort of situation because I couldn't even conceive doing this. I've done this on a, 
on a level to uh, um, to advertise uh, certain uh, political ideals I've had, uh, certain programs I wanted to get put out there. I've uh, done this on the business level on a few times, uh, but I've never done it on the literary level because I never would. It doesn't make any sense to me. But I know how other people have to do it and why they have to do it, and that's pretty much what you're doing right there. Okay? And if you think anyone is really listening too much about your book and your little presentation, they're not. Right? They're looking about how well-dressed you are, how confident you appear. Do you seem like you're reliable? Are you, are you, are you maybe uh, tele, telephotogenic enough to maybe if they do a little advertising with you, a little interviewing you, that you're going to be okay? Can you speak articulately? Can you not blow their time and try to like monopolize it for five minutes? Because believe it or not, you're lucky you have a minute. That's all you get. So, fair or unfair, maybe two years and two months of you writing your butt off for this horror novel, or this sci-fi novel, or whatever type of novel it is, could come down to 30 seconds and what you say and what you don't say and how they think about you or how they don't think about you. Because later on, they'll find out what the hell the book's about. Marketing, in that sense, situation is really about marketing yourself. I mean, you think about it. It's, it's like an interview for a job. I mean, you really think they see your job skills just because you wrote a bunch of crap down on a piece of paper? No. You're there in front of them. They want to see, does he look professional? Does he sound professional? Does he sound intelligent? Does he sound articulate? Does he sound reliable? Does he sound honest? Because if he does, I'll attach that to some of the crap he said in this uh, resume until we, you know, we verify it and say, okay, I might want to bring him over to the next round. That's all that is, okay? They don't even remember your damn title. If they have a way to contact you, and they will, if they want to make contact with you, you'll be telling them all about your purple alien penis book all over again. But that's what it is. That's all it is. All right, final word. I said on the first episode I did this, and I say it to now at episode 193, all I want to do is be straight with people and be honest and not give them some fairy tale or some false security. So some of this probably sounds rough, maybe even negative, possibly even depressing. I'm sure it's all of that, but it's also the truth. And if this is really what you want to do as a writer, well, that's what you have to consider, all of these things. Because if you don't consider all these things and you try to take a shortcut, Okay, you're gonna be just like that dieting fool. They're still fat, but they just wasted a whole wasted a whole lot of money on some skinny exercise guy that told him to do all this crap. You know, drink grapefruit uh, juice while you're standing on your head and and peeing backwards. I mean, it's not gonna happen for you. Okay, no different than giving thousands to vanity. It's crazy. You can do it yourself. Like I said, make some money. Won't make a living, but you'll make some money and get your stuff out there. You know, there's a lot of people who've gotten books out there and advertised and, and stuff like that on their website. They even told other people about it, other publishers. And sometimes that book can get republished. Sometimes they say no if you did something already, and sometimes they do. You just need to observe the rules of the publishers to see if they have that clause in there or not. Then you know that's a place you might be able to go after you got your book out there a bit. That's pretty much in a, in a nutshell, folks. Yes, you can definitely make a living. Yes, it, it is worth being a, a writer. It's just really about you examining what your actual expectations are, okay? I tell people all the time, and I'll tell you no problem on the show, okay? 
You're better off being a writer and having a job. You're better off altering your expectations so it makes some sense. Look at the long game of how long it could take to get stuff out there. Maybe your goals are, are not realistic. Maybe it's great that you want to get a novel to out and be done with it and do something else. Those are all fine too. But you have to measure what your expectation is. This way you know what you kind of do. If you really want all the bag of wax, so to speak, or the whole ball of, of marbles, you already outlined all the stuff you're going to have to do. You have my show here. You can listen to the show again. You can always email me if you have any other questions. But you're happy to answer them. All I ask you to do is don't take shortcuts. Okay? Don't go to vanity people. Don't waste money at all on anything. Work it yourself. Have people help you. Plenty of people out there that can do it for free. At least you won't be putting all this kind of money out. That's why you have a, you can have a, a real gauge of whether you, you, you really have what it's gonna, gonna take. But I tell you, from my experience of dealing with writers in the last 30 years, alright, it's, it's never been about how great their writing is. It's really about how great they are as people. Can they stay positive? Can they stay strong? Can they put that work ethic on a continual basis? Are they willing to make certain sacrifices? Are they willing to build their life around all of this? Because you'll eventually meet your goal. You'll eventually get things published. You'll eventually get even better as a writer. That all is going to happen if you're pursuing it and if you're practicing it and if you continue to, to rewrite it. It will all happen. But all that other stuff we just talked about and how to stay strong as a writer, well... If you can't muster that, you can't find that, or if you're not willing to do that, then none of that stuff will matter anyway. I mentioned this before on another show, and I'll mention it now. The future holds is that there'll be plenty of instances in the future, and the future could be tomorrow, okay? But this is just holding true over here, that a lot of books that get published out there, they don't represent the best writers, or the best ideas. That is the people that hung in the longest, had the best marketing skills, the people that best networked. A lot of those people are the ones that are going to be successful, not the great writers. That's just the world we have now because it's become so democratized. So I'm sorry to say that the best writers, uh, if they can't become the best marketers, they can't stick through all this, they're going to they're gonna fade away and we'll never, we'll never know about them. So definitely try to keep all of that in mind. Until next time, God bless. This is Mark Antirasi, Strength to be Human. That was episode 193, Making a Living as a Writer in the 21st Century. Good night and God bless.
Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.